Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best of the West. My name is Jake Brown here with Kenji Ito, and let's talk about all the teams and news and rumors for the NFC West. First, let's go over what happened last weekend. The Cardinals lost to the Carolina Panthers 34-10. to The Los Angeles Rams lost to the San Francisco 49ers 31-10. to And the Seahawks lost 17 to zip against the Green Bay Packers. So let's start off with the Cardinals. They were not playing with Kyler Murray last weekend or DeAndre Hopkins. How do you think that affected the game, Kenji? And do you think they'll be able to come back next week? against um, the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, Personally, I do think they are going to come back. Uh, This loss against the Carolina Panthers, because the Carolina Panthers are now 500 with this win, uh, this loss did prove that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are very, very valuable to this team. Uh, Of course, like, you have your quarterback, who is the captain, but, like, DeAndre Hopkins is, like, the superstar captain that can, like, lead the team to, like, a big playoff run, or maybe even the Super Bowl. So uh, without these guys, they are uh, not the most successful, but with them, they are. Yeah, and it's nothing against Colt McCoy, Mm -hmm. uh, who uh, hurt himself mid-game. I mean, it wasn't like he was lighting up any records. He was 11 for 20 throughout the game Mm -hmm. before he got pulled for a pectoral injury. Yeah. But... It just seemed like they were lost this entire game. It, it truly did. And uh, personally, what I think is like this going back in time, it seems like the Cardinals have always had a struggling game, like always had struggling games against the Carolina Panthers, even when Cam Newton was his former prime self and uh, when they still had Steve Smith uh, Jr., uh, I mean Senior, senior. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, and all those uh great superstars back when they had all those people. Jonathan Stewart was so underrated when he was in his prime. He was absolutely underrated. But um, go, like going back to the Cardinals, though, uh, they this like I, like they were lost, but it does seem like that like they always have a struggle against that team. Like for example, like the Green Bay Packers, they always have a struggle in that last stage of the playoffs. So it's kind of yeah. like the same thing. And same with the Seattle Seahawks in the first round. Yes, ex- <laughs> exactly. We uh, the Seattle Seahawks can actually never drop draft good first round picks. Uh, Jordan, except Bro- jo- except in two thousand eleven. Uh, yeah, except two thousand eleven. But uh, I I can definitely see Jordan Brooks as a good first round pick. But uh, other than two thousand eleven and uh, a couple of years ago, there's nothing much more. And we'll get to Jordan Brooks and the rest of that Seahawks defense later in the show. But I want to talk about um, the Cardinals. Will they be able to climb back to that number one seed that the Packers currently hold after the win against the Seahawks? Uh, personally, they the Cardinals are going to win more games as well. But the Packers are this so hot with Aaron Rodgers. I do know that Aaron Jones is out for one to two weeks, or it might have been two to three. But... Um, like they're just so hot and I can just see them keep on winning and winning games. And plus the Green Bay Packers have a very easy division. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers did not look like Aaron Rodgers last weekend. Oh no, not whatsoever. But I feel like that he's going like, cause he just came off the COVID list. So I feel like that he's going to improve over time because like, you know, he just came off of COVID. 
I mean, he threw a pick to Jamal Adams, of all people. Yeah, but that was a t- terrible throw. I, I, it was. It was like it was kind of like almost like you shouldn't have thrown that into double coverage, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, let's talk about another team that just got blown out of the water. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams. They had their big acquisitions. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Von Miller play their first game in their new uniform. And it did not go well. It did not. But personally, what I think is that Odell, he jumped, like, really quick into the situation. Like, he got there this past, like, week, like week, and then he gets to play on Monday. So I don't think he's fully ready to become a Ram yet because he's not very comfortable with Matthew Stafford. He's not very comfortable with Matthew Stafford yet, and uh, he still needs to, like, learn a little bit more of the offense. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of memes going around today of Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, wanting to climb back to the, not back, but wanting to go to the Packers now. Yeah, there there is those memes, but personally, I think he made the right decision because, like, you know, I think we all know that the Packers, even though they have a stacked defense this year and a stacked offense, they have a very high probability of choking in that final playoff run. So you think the Rams are going to choke? No, I think the Packers are going to choke. Okay. Yeah. I, I understand you now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Von Miller looked absolutely awful yeah. this game. Uh, he had um, use check and kill. Uh, there's this highlight going around of Von Miller just being pushed right to the ground. Mm-hmm. What you, what's your reaction to that? Personally, my reaction, uh, I was watching this game. And personally, I'm not surprised just because Juszczyk is probably one of the best fullbacks in the game. He might even be ever, possibly. like Ever? Yeah, I, I would say he's my he's my number two because Larry Zonka for the 1972 I was Dolphins. I say. Yeah, he, he's my number one. But Huszczyk is definitely two because he can block, he can receive very well, and he's a very athletic fullback. Uh, so he, there's a good run blocker out of that. And then George Kittle, yes, he's a threat downfield, but he can also throw pancakes. It's, like, unbelievable, mm-hmm. everything. So, like, I'm kind of not surprised. And I'm also not surprised is because he's still kind of dealing with that ankle injury because you did notice that Von Miller was coming in and out and in and out. Yeah, it definitely was noticeable. And speaking of lower body injuries, uh, Robert Woods is out for the year Mm-hmm. with a torn ACL that he suffered on practice the same day that Odell Beckham Jr. was signed. Yes. How is this going to affect the Los Angeles Rams going forward? Uh, even though Van Jefferson is a great receiver, it's totally going to affect them because I don't think you can replace Robert Woods, personally. And honestly, I don't think Van Jefferson is... I mean, he's talented, but I don't think he's on. he will get to the same level as someone like Cooper Cup or Robert Woods. Yeah. Like, personally, Van Jefferson with me is that he's just a very fast, steep third wide receiver. Yeah. It's like he's not going to he's not gonna create much space between him and the defensive back. But uh, this Robert Woods, um, his injury is definitely going to affect uh, Matthew Stafford's options. Uh, it's, and it's going to affect the offenses because people already know that Cooper, Cooper Cup and Odell are, like, great pass catchers. Uh, and... Uh, good run- and they're also very good run blockers as well. So um, 
like that kind of like lowers the it kind of lowers the like expectations of the Rams offense. And speaking of um you know how this affects the Rams, do you think now with Robert Woods out, Von Miller still struggling with his ankle and OBJ not meshing well yet with Matthew Stafford, do you think that the Rams are contenders, or do you think that they're just putting a bunch of guys, uh, all pro um, players together, mm-hmm. and just trying to buy a Super Bowl out of this? Uh, personally, I do think they are contenders for the Super Bowl. Absolutely, they have all the talent there. I think this is going to take a little bit of time, because what we just saw from the Buccaneers last last uh, last year was unbelievable. Like, they meshed so quickly and everything, and then they won the Super Bowl with Brady with his first year there, right? But that is Tom Brady. I was about to say. Yeah. That, um, it's going to take some time. It's going to take maybe, like, one to two weeks, and then I think they're going to be all set. And the Rams do have a fairly easy schedule going Mm -hmm. down the stretch. Um, They are one and two against teams uh, who are above five hundred. But it's such a small sample size that you yeah. cannot use that as a projection for what's to come come this postseason. Yeah, and personally what I think with the Rams this season uh, is that they saw what the Buccaneers did last season, and they're trying to repeat the same thing as well. Do you think that's possible to repeat the same formula and get a Super Bowl out of that? Or do you think uh, that... I don't, like, Sorry to cut you off, but I don't think, like, I don't know if they're going to win a Super Bowl or not. But I think, like, because they just, the Rams built a super team as well as the Bucks did last year. So, like, I think they kind of, like, the Rams kind of followed what they did because of the outcome. And they're trying to do the same thing. I don't know if, like, it's going to happen. But I think, like, they're, it's a pretty high percentage because the Bucks are not looking that well. You know, the Packers' playoff struggles. And um, the Cowboys, they might be pretenders a little bit. Uh, and then the Cardinals, you just don't know, with the Hopkins and Murray injury. I still think the most dangerous team in the NFC right now are the Arizona Cardinals, even when uh, Kyler Murray and D-Hop come back, mm-hmm. especially when they come back. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think they're the biggest threat to the Los Angeles Rams right now. Uh, they beat the Rams pretty handily last post, or not last postseason, but the last time they faced each other. So I still think the Cardinals still have a chance to make the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I, I do as well. But my money, I said beginning of the season that the Rams were going to be in the Super Bowl, so I'm not going to, because I think Sean McVay is a great coach, I've been a fan of Matthew Stafford for such a long time and Cooper Cup. I'm Mm -hmm. glad he's finally getting the targets he deserves. And Aaron Donald is a beast. Mm -hmm. Their their defense is amazing. But it just seems like they're trying too hard. Yeah, I I think so too. They're, They're making things more complex than it should be. And let's now talk about the other side of the ball uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Debo Samuel went off. Uh, He had five catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. Um, 
Do you think that he is the best third-year wide receiver right now compared to DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and A.J. Brown? This is what I personally think. Yes, Debo Samuel is having an amazing year. He's a great pass catcher. He's Jimmy Garoppolo's second favorite target, and he's very fast. But personally, Terry McLaurin doesn't have a quarterback. A.J. Brown has a quarterback, but he is not very good. And I think DK Metcalf is having an off year. Uh, do I agree that Debo Samuel is having a great season? Yes, but is he the best out of this stacked receiver class? Probably not, because years before he wasn't as productive, but now he is. Like That's kind of like a weird turn. A lot of 49ers fans are going to disagree with you. Yes, I know. Uh, I, I think, I'm not going to say uh, Debo Samuel is the best third-year wide receiver. I will say he's very talented. Yeah, he I is totally in, agree with you. He is in my top three. I mm-hmm. think the only, quarter, or not quarterback, but wide receiver I would chop off this top four is A.J. Brown, just mm-hmm. because I haven't seen enough of him. Yeah. Because uh, he does get injured. Yeah, and the I injuries do, do affect him, definitely. And I do watch DK and Terry more. Mm-hmm. So I would say it would go Terry, Decaf, and Debo. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I'm i not going to say that he's not. Like, DK or Debo Samuel is very talented. He's having a very good year, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to see what's go- what he'll do yeah, I think here he's, in the future. I think he's third right now in the wide receiver uh, yards right now. Somewhere around that. He is yeah. in the top five. Yeah, he definitely is in top, top five, and we all see the Instagram post, so that's how uh, we know. So, more about the 49ers. Last week, we talked about Kyle Shanahan possibly being on the hot seat uh, mm-hmm. after a terrible start to the season, but then he faced the Rams, and absolutely blew them out of the water. Do you think this removes Kyle Shanahan from the chopping block, or is he still in the hot seat? Uh, it definitely, it definitely like, moved him, like, a little bit off the hot seat, just a tiny bit. Because, like, just beating one team that is super powerful isn't going to automatically just, like, remove you off of it, right? So, uh, but it, it definitely does help him. And personally, what I think, and I'm going to like mention this later, is that since the 49ers have gotten a little more healthy, he's been like, like he's been more like dominant with like he's been more dominant with his offense and his defense. Yeah, I think Kyle Shanahan is a great coach, but I think that he's kind of overstayed his welcome. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it doesn't mean that he's had like this removes his great game. I just think that, you know, other than this game, like we said last week, coaches have kind of figured him out, offenses or defenses have kind of figured him out. Yeah. And, you know, he was supposed to develop Jimmy Garoppolo to be this superstar quarterback yeah. out of New England, and he hasn't really done that. Yeah. And this, it, I still think that there's a lot of room and improvement for improvement for this. 49ers team and will he be on the hot seat this year I think so he will be one of the candidates yeah I don't think this game removes him from that I think it like you said it moves him a little bit off yeah but it really comes down to these final second half games 
Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I think we looked at the schedule earlier, and of course, you have the other NFC West teams that are pretty difficult. Those are always competitive. You also have some easy teams to face, and then you got some other division difficult games as well. So it, it all depends on how the rest of the, his season goes. Yeah, and I project that the 49ers will be subpar. I think they'll finish around 500. Okay. But let's talk about something that I saw when I was researching uh, news articles and headlines so I saw something uh, from Jay Gruden, mm-hmm. a former head coach of the Washington football team. Uh, he was on a podcast, the Kevin Sheehan Show, and he said that there is an agreement to trade Kirk Cousins to the San Francisco 49ers uh, back in 2017 for two first-round picks and a uh, possibly two second-round picks. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this trade, if it were to happen, uh, would have changed the 49ers' offense? Uh, Personally, I I personally think so, because you have more options with Kirk Cousins than Jimmy Garoppolo, because Jimmy Garoppolo, we kind of see him, like, when we watch him, we kind of see him as this very basic pocket passer quarterback. You don't see him much like stepping up or stepping out or like, and he doesn't, he really like, he either dumps off or he throws medium. He never like shocks you with a deep ball. Like you're never going to, you're rarely going to see a 67 yard touchdown pass with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Mm-hmm. But with Kirk Cousins, that this throws everything out the window because Jimmy uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, he he likes to throw in the pocket. He likes to roll out. He likes to roll up left. He likes to step up. He can throw. He can throw 55, 60 yards. Like you got so much more options with him. And plus, Kirk Cousins with a better offensive line would be so much better. Yeah, especially with him reuniting with Trent Williams as well. If that were the case yeah uh and i think that honestly you know people say the criticisms of kurt cousins is oh he has great receivers in minnesota with adam thielen and uh uh, justin jefferson uh but the san francisco 49ers have really good receivers they got brandon Ayuk, diabo samuel uh George Kittle, their tight end. Mm-hmm. Like I think that you could argue the 49ers have overall a better receiving core than the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and then you also have uh, you also have Muhammad uh, Sanu, and personally, even though he's super old, sometimes he's a he's a little bit sneaky. Everything you know, so uh, that's what I personally think. Uh, that's what I personally think with that. Um, like, uh, yeah, that's what that's what I think with that is that Muhammad Sanu is a very sneaky receiver, even though despite his age. Yeah, and now let's move on to uh, the Seattle Seahawks, and oh boy, that was a messy game. Mm-hmm, definitely, it was very unexpected. Do you think that the refs had? an impact on the game that much or do you think it was just Russell Wilson's poor play? I think it was 
personally, like I don't like to say this because he is my favorite quarterback, but I think it was his. Uh, I think it was Wilson's poor play, uh, and I do have my reasons. Personally, is that he this came back from a finger injury, so even on his throwing arm, on hand, on his throwing hand, and second of all, even though he's played in Green Bay with the conditions before. He has never been injured in his life, so he does not know what it feels like to come back off injury. Well, also, he said, I think it was the Seattle Times, Mm -hmm. he said that he's played through stuff like this before. He didn't Mm -hmm. specifically say what, quote, this is, Mm -hmm. but, you know, he's been, you know, beat up. He's been sacked a lot, like he was last week, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it just seemed like yeah. everything was either misfired or dropped yeah and plus what i think is that he like sometimes he was lost as well because there were like some plays that it was like he would just run into his line and then get sat like kind of partially sacked by the by his own lineman and the defensive lineman so like in some instances someone can say that like he was a little lost as well do you think the Dwayne brown injury had something to do with this uh, personally, I don't think it did, but for the long term, it will because he really secures that left side because I, I don't remember who's that left guard. It's either Damian Lewis or Gabe Jackson. They're not as good as Dwayne Brown and his vet, like, and, and Dwayne Brown is also a veteran, so he kind of, like, plays a major role on that offensive line. So, um... For for the Packers game, I don't think it had much of an impact, but for the long term, it will. And how much do you think the weather impacted the game? Because it was a very brisk 36 degrees at game time, and it did start flurrying a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I think like there was like people are saying, "Oh man, it totally affected the game 100 percent." But personally, I think not because they they are in Seattle, even though it doesn't. I don't know if it snows in Seattle. It does. But but usually in, like, January or February. Yeah, but they should know that, hey, we're coming to Green Bay. We know the conditions. And we're also in Seattle, and it rains a lot there. So we also play in those conditions as well. So I think that there was not that much impact. And Russell Wilson wasn't wearing the gloves that he was wearing in practice. Yeah, he wasn't. Do you think that had something to do with the outcome as well? Uh, no, I think just the gloves make make the ball a little more sticky to your hand and everything. It doesn't really affect the affect the spiral of the ball or anything. It all the spiral of the ball really comes comes off the hand and everything. So it doesn't the gloves really don't do anything. So let's talk about the defense of the Seattle Seahawks because they were really on point. Probably the best we've seen the Seattle defense all year. Four players uh, on the Seahawks, or rather three players on the Seahawks uh, on the defensive side had a PFF grade of 80 or more, Mm -hmm. and that was cornerback Ryan Neal, cornerback Trey Brown, and linebacker Jordan Brooks, who we mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. in this podcast. How impressed were you with those three players? I was... I was very impressed, especially by Trey Brown because he is a rookie this year. Uh, I think he he locked he locked up Alan Lazard very well, and he he did also have to face uh, Mardet Marquez Valdez Scantling as well, and he locked up those guys I think to the best he could. 
Uh, Ryan Neal, I was kind of expecting. I was it, like, I've always expected great things because he had a great season last year when he did have the opportunity. And then Jordan Brooks, he's he's like my favorite. Like he's like my second favorite linebacker on that team. Uh, is he going to be the next KJ Wright or Bobby Wagner? No, but he does have. He does show improvement every single game. Yes, and I think this is the best we've seen Jordan Brooks ever since he came into the league. Mm-hmm, but absolutely. I tweeted last time on my, you know, Twitter um, at Jake Brown ASU. Ryan Neal is the most underappreciated defensive back in in uh, football. Yeah, uh, what I'm going to add to that is like he brings you everything. He can hit super hard. Uh, he can cover very well. He knows how to tackle in the open field. Like you got everything in him. But is he like a superstar? Absolutely not. No, and I'm not expecting him to be a superstar. Oh, I me ju- either. I just want him to be consistent, and he's been mostly consistent throughout his short career with Seattle in the past couple of years, including this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, finally, we're going to talk about how awful the receivers were uh, for Seattle. There were lots of drop balls. Uh, you know, Some of it had to do with Russell Wilson overthrowing or underthrowing mm-hmm. and not having as much spin on the ball. But DK Metcalf got ejected for fighting. Yeah. And then after the game he said he was tired of losing. Yeah. What's your reaction with this? What's my reaction is that he this active like a child basically. Uh he should have took it to professional matters and everything. He should like even though these are all men uh like and there is plenty of aggression in football, he should he should have taken it more a little bit like a professional. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like I'm, I'm super. I'm super straightforward about this whole thing. Like I talked with my uh, other football friends with this, but I've and they're like, like talking about that. It was like, oh, he should be uh, ejected if he does this again. Blah 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 blah. But I'm just super simple and straightforward. Yeah, because it's not like DK has been physical before. He was physical last game. And this time he just went a little over the line. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, you know, you can be sick of losing. Because this is really the first time that DK, in his college and professional career, that he's had a losing season this far into the season. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, these kinds of seasons are going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know? This yeah, you're not going to have uh, over over 750 win season every single season yeah i mean this is the first time that in the russell wilson era that the seahawks have had a losing losing record record this far into the season it might be the first losing record in the um russell wilson era ever yeah because the only time they didn't that russell wilson didn't make the playoffs they were nine and seven yeah i remember that year as well and this is the first time since uh pete carroll uh had had a losing season in the NFL since Tavares Jackson, may he rest in peace, uh, was the starting quarterback of the Seahawks. Yeah, I actually do remember that as well. It was a long time ago. Maybe these kids don't remember uh, Tavares Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> he's he he's not that memorable though. No, he was he was he was a good backup. 
Yeah, he was a good backup, and he was your average quarterback. Yeah. Average might be, a, like, sugarcoating it. Sugarcoating it? Really? Yeah. I thought he was a little below average. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't... I don't want to call him terrible. No. But he's... Using, let, let's agree on this, that he was a mediocre quarterback. Yes. May he rest in peace. Yes. So now we're going to go into the prediction part of the show. First, we got the Arizona Cardinals in Seattle facing the Seahawks. Uh, what do you got for this prediction? Uh, so you were going to mention probably that uh, Seattle and Arizona games are usually very close, and I 100% agree with that. They are very close. Uh, the two games last year they had to face, it was like such a nail-biter that like it was like, oh my goodness, when is this game going to end? Uh, but personally, uh, I am going to go with 27-17 to 17 Arizona because the Cardinals' defense is much better than the Seattle, than Seattle, and they will actually have Buda Baker back because he did miss last game. He did miss last game. And he put, like, I know there's Chandler Jones, I know there's Byron Murphy, Jordan Hicks plays kind of a captain role, but truly, like, Buda Baker is that secondary captain that makes them all organized. And, um, pers- and personally, I think Seattle Seahawks, it's going to take them some time time to get things rolling again because I think they need to get the whole receiver thing figured out. Russell Wilson needs to take a little more time to like kind of rest and get back to his normal throwing state. And, of course, the defense uh, improves week per week. I'm going to say I don't think there's a, going to be a lot of scoring this game. I think it's going to be a 20-14 to 14 Arizona win. Uh, I think Seattle's offense is not good and the defense has improved mm-hmm. so in because d hop and kyler murray are coming off injury if they play this weekend uh there's not going to be too much scoring mm-hmm. yeah i, I totally 100 percent agree with you on that. so the rams are on by they will not play this week uh which for them is probably a good thing Good time to have a bye. Yeah, absolutely. But the 49ers do go to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars. Uh, what do you got in this game? Uh, let's see. I did say something. Okay. I see th- it right here. This is where it is. Okay, so personally, I think the uh, the 49ers are absolutely going to crush the Jacksonville Jaguars. My score prediction is 34-3. to Uh the Jaguars' offense does not have a groove, uh, and that kind of means like they can't they can't push the ball into the end zone. Even though they have James Robinson, Chanel, uh, DJ Chark, and Marvin Jones, they can never push the ball into the end zone. I have zero clue why. Um, the defense is one of the worst in the league, except for Josh Allen, who had an amazing performance against Buffalo. And uh, I think, personally, the 49ers proved everyone wrong last week against the Rams. The defense and offense looked outstanding. And, personally, I think it all happened when the team got a tiny bit healthier because, like, it, and it kind of shows, is that both sides are now more explosive with their receivers, uh, their tight ends, their offensive line, quarterback, running back, and every single position on the field. I kind of agree with you on that. I have a 28-3 to three, uh, score, so very similar, just not as many points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacksonville, like you said, has one of the worst defenses and the second-worst offense 
in the league when it comes to points allowed and points scored respectively. And the 49ers just made a fool out of the LA Rams who are a contender to make the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson will be limited due to injury. Who mm-hmm. knows if James Robinson is going to play this weekend? Yeah. So I think that'll make the score even worse. That, yeah, they might not score if James Robinson doesn't play. Yeah. So they do have Carlos Hyde, but Carlos Hyde is not James Robinson. No, and Carlos Hyde way past his prime. Absolutely. All right, take it away, Kenji. So that is it. You heard the latest news, our opinions, and our predictions. So thank you to everyone who has listened to our podcast, Best of the West. And go listen to Kenji and I talk about uh, the USC and UCLA game over on ColorCast this Saturday at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. We'll see you again next week.